When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're listening to BXB. It's Bronx Baseball. It's the Yankees podcast from Odyssey and WFAN along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy, and we're pleased to be joined by Yankees pitching coach Matt Blake. Matt, thanks for joining us today. We were just talking about what a what a fun run it was watching Aaron Judge. You got I know you have other things on your mind during the course of the game, but you know, you got to you got to kind of have a seat, maybe the best seat, because you know, you're worried about the pitchers. You got nothing invested in watching the hitters. It's it's just eyes on and have fun. That must have been a blast last year. Yeah, you're generally aware when Judge is coming up. So you make sure you get your conversations with the pitcher out of the way and then get your attention back on what's important. Yeah, that's bad. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, Keith and I have a lot of stuff for you, but I wanted to start with this. Um, it was it, I, I said early in the winter and earlier in the show that I thought that uh, the Yankees' second most important free agent this winter was you. Okay. Now, is it true that it took a ninth year to get you to sign <laughs> back home? Yeah, we had to get it over 300 million to get me back. So, no. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, uh, I mean, I was looking forward to coming back the whole time. I just, he had to go through the process a little bit and cash got a lot of other things on his plate before uh, getting to the pitching coach. So <laughs> it worked out though. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Matt, nice to like meet you digitally. Keith McPherson here, uh, WFAN nighttime host, clearly a Yankees fan. And, uh, I'm a Matt Blake fan before you came on. I was like, that. I'm a Matt Blake guy. How could I not be? <laughs> After the progress, the change, and the success that we've seen with this pitching staff in your quick time here, and now you're extended, and I feel like you get to finish the job. What are you most excited about coming into this season? We know there's obviously one huge addition to the rotation, but uh, I feel like this season coming up, there's so much energy on, okay, we know where we are from you know these last couple years. What are you most excited? excited about working on or you know seeing your guys do in 2023 yeah i think the nice thing is you know now after three years really like two and a half years but like getting a chance to kind of build a little bit of a culture and a system and kind of get our guys thinking in a certain way and uh, i think now they're we're all bought in on kind of the direction we're going and it's just keeping taking steps forward and Obviously, we've got a really talented group, and we've got some guys that have grown into some really important roles. Obviously, the, the starting rotation is what it is, very talented, and you know there's a lot of hype around that with Carlos coming to the mix. But I really feel like the bullpen um, has a lot of unsung heroes in it. I, I think that's 
that's what I'm probably most excited about is trying to figure out like where some of these young guys fit and obviously them growing into important roles. Cause you know, the last few years it's been, uh, you know, Chapman, Britain, green, and it's kind of, we've turned it over pretty heavily. Now talking about Loisica, Holmes, Peralta, you know, Trevino's in the mix, Schmidt's coming into his own, Marinaccio. So, you know, all these guys are kind of stepping up and, you know, kind of filling the void of what was kind of like this vaunted bullpen before. We're definitely going to get into some of those bullpen arms, Matt. But you mentioned Carlos Radon. Uh, I'm sure that since he's signed on, you spent a lot of time kind of diving into him a little bit. What are some of the things that you can tell fans about what you've kind of discovered in your your you know your kind of intense research on what he's about and what he's going to bring in 2023? Yeah, I think the nice thing about Carlos is it's a relatively simple attack plan. It's he's coming right at you with a fastball and a slider, and they can be overpowering at times and. He doesn't have to overcomplicate things. So from that standpoint, he's exciting to watch because he's going to be aggressive in his own and go right after hitters. Um, so I think right there is kind of the backbone of who he is. And then obviously we've got, you know, six years of looking at like, what does he look like going forward? You know, how do we continue to evolve this thing? You know, obviously he's used a changeup in the past. He's used a little bit of a bigger breaking ball, kind of a curveball last year. So there's definitely some other pieces to him, but the, you know, fastball slider combo is as good as it gets out there. My question is about Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is an ace, uh, but the question of if he's an ace comes up a lot in Yankees fans' conversations with the amount of home runs he gave up last year. I think this year coming up, there's no way he gives up that many home runs. So are are you expecting a bounce-back year? It's not even a bounce-back year because he, he did well in October, and he's Garrett Cole. He had a ton of strikeouts yeah. like he's Garrett Cole, but – in 2023, are you expecting him to have a better year with less strikeouts? And what are you thinking he's going to change or do? I know he's got a, a great work ethic and approach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's high standards for anyone that comes into to this Yankee environment, you know, with a contract like that and his pedigree and things along those lines. You know, I think he's lived up to it and given us what you'd hope a guy would give you uh, as the front of your you know, rotation. Obviously there's higher expectations for Garrett within himself. Uh, so I think, you know, just looking at some of the home runs last year and some of the hard contact, obviously that's an area we're looking to solve coming into the year. But to your point, I feel like he gave us a lot of quality starts throughout the year. And then really when it was most important, he really settled in and gave us probably some of his best starts, especially in that Cleveland series when, you know, there was a lot of you know fanfare about whether he was going to deliver for us. And I think just calming some of those nerves and going out there and executing it, probably some of the best baseball he's, he's had all year. Um, I felt like that left us with a really good, uh, place to pick up in 2023. Matt, I have one more rotation question for you, actually. You know, we didn't see a lot of Frankie Montas, and it's hard to tell when a guy comes over here um, how much of this performance is related to the atmosphere, and he had a physical issue as well. So mm-hmm. how much were you able to kind of um, figure out about – how much we saw of Montas was related to the shoulder, how much was related to, you know, just the new environment and, you know, what are you kind of looking forward to here from him? Well, obviously, you know, he came off uh, the, the shoulder injury when we, he was kind of rehabbed quickly and then came to us and then we kind of ran him out there and then it kind of flared up on him. So it's hard to say what version of Frankie we got. Obviously, anytime you get traded midseason and come into the expectations of you know Yankee playoff chase, you know, that's that's challenging in its own right. And then trying to do it while maybe you had, you know, still some lingering issues with the shoulder. So I mean, knowing the guy that we saw um prior to coming over to us, like this is as you know, he's a top 
you know, two, three in your rotation on any rotation. And then it's just a matter of making sure we get him in here healthy, settled in, you know, get his head on straight in terms of what he's focused on and getting back to some of the things he did really well in Oakland. And I think that's, you know, hopefully that, you know, by putting in Carlos and knowing the other guys around him, it takes some of the pressure off of, you know, he's supposed to be the number two. He's supposed to be, you know, the narrative coming in. Like I think it solves that a little bit and hopefully we just get his feet underneath them, you know, get him focused on the right things and then hopefully get off to a good start here. When I think about the Yankees pitching staff and and you leading these guys, the rotation and the bullpen, it's like Matt Blake's pitching lab. Um, what is it that you do with these guys to unlock a Nestor Cortez or a Clay Holmes or a Michael King or Ron Marinasio? Like these guys have come up and performed and it's like, OK, something is happening with them uh, when they're working on their stuff with Matt Blake. Yeah, I feel like we've got a good system in place of we utilize the information well. It gets from the office to the coaches to the players pretty seamlessly. Um, I think we try and make sure that the players know a lot about themselves and what makes them you know, unique and special. And I think we're fortunate as Yankees that we have the resources to go out and get players with unique traits and outlier skills. And then it's just a matter of getting them to be able to use them effectively and, you know, know what the, you know, being able to put them in the best situation to get the most out of themselves. And we've had some successful guys doing that. Obviously Clay Holmes is the first one that jumps to mind. You know, Wandy Peralta is not too dissimilar. Like it's easy with a guy like Garrett, who's got, you know, five tools to work with, but, you know, sometimes finding these, you know, pockets of, you know, market inefficiencies where we've kind of made some of our, you know, our hay here. You know, Nestor Cortez and Clay Holmes are both two guys, I think, you know, fall on, you know, uh, under your success ledger, right, uh, from last year. But how much how much of it is a concern of what we saw at the end of last year, maybe from both of those guys? I think there's you know, there's at least a little bit of a question mark about Nestor's durability for another season after having pitched so many innings for the first time. And we saw some of the effects of that maybe at the end of the season. Uh, what kind of you know things are you doing for him going forward here about that? And is Clay Holmes simply he, you know, he got healthy again and he can repeat what he did in the first half of the season. Yeah, I'll start with Clay. I feel like the, you know, it was hard because he came over to us at the end of uh, 21 and kind of just was awesome the whole time. And we kind of had this plan in place for him. He comes out in 22, has a great run. And now it's like, okay, you know, at some point, you know, the ball's going to drop here and something's going to go sideways on us. And, you know, fortunately it was in the middle of the season, you know, there's a little bit of a back issue there involved in it that we're trying to work through, but you know, there's going to be a hiccup and it's a matter of like, okay, can we now see what the hiccup is and make the adjustment? I feel like he did a really nice job down the stretch of rehabbing and getting back and, you know, giving us some really quality outings down the stretch. Um, and now I think we've got a chance to take a step back, figure out, okay, when you were going well, what did it look like? When you kind of got off the rails a little bit, what did it look like? What are some of the little adjustments we got to stay on top of? And I feel like the fact that we kind of went through that and then came out the other side gives us a really good jumping off point for 2023, just to know like, okay, when things are going to maybe start to get off the rails a little bit, here are the little things we need to be on top of before that happens. Um, so I think that was important. And then with Nestor, I mean, anytime you're talking about a guy trying to carry 175 to 200 innings, there's always going to be some level of concern of can they do this consistently? Um, I think last year we were kind of just working into, un, you know, uncharted waters with him about how far he could go. And we were always trying to be mindful of, you know, maybe pulling up a pitch count a little short, giving him an extra day. Um, obviously the groin kind of cropped up on us at the end of the year, but I feel like knowing, 
kind of where he ended the season uh, gave us something to talk about going into the off season. And here are the things that you really need to do to take care of your body, to make sure that you can handle the full, you know, the full workload that we're asking of, you know, a, a starter really, you know, obviously it's 150 is like kind of one, you know, benchmark and then getting above that to the 175, 180. I mean, really that's where, you know, the, the, the workload goes if you're, you're going to carry the, the starting rotation. Here's a question for you specifically. Um, you know, I feel like Yankees fans have gotten to know you over the last couple of years. You're a mild-mannered guy, but I don't think these umps know who you are. They'll throw you out of the game. So for 2023, <laughs> where are we setting the over-under? I'm going to set the over-under at like one and a half ejections yeah. for Matt Blake. What are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Assuming assuming things go on par, I'd say one's probably a, a safe place to land. Two, you're starting to push the envelope a little bit. Three, <laughs> you're getting into booty territory, and now we're getting in trouble. <laughs> is it like? Do you sound? Do you guys sound alike? Or they have? Or is, are you usually guilty when they toss you? Or is it? You know, there's probably happening? been a few chirps along the way that they just had enough of booty, they had enough of me, and I'm the one they caught. So. <laughs> there's not much else you you can't run out on the field to argue about anything anymore everything goes right to videos so it's like yeah, you gotta get the money's worth from the dugout yeah, right? cut my losses short and save the fine and just go back to the locker room <laughs> uh, listen we talked about a lot of the bullpen guys one of them in particular I, I think Yankee fans are excited to see come back is Michael King you know there was some there's some worry about you know how how serious his injury was last year uh, didn't need Tommy John. He's already started throwing um, first bullpen earlier this week. What did you hear about how he came out of it? Have you talked to him about it? And and is it realistic for him to start the season or is he going to be a little bit behind? Yeah, no, I think we feel really good about where Kings kind of progressed from given, you know, what it could have been to where we are. I think we feel really good so far about the progress and, you know, I, I wouldn't rule out, uh, you know, being ready for opening day. Obviously we got a long way to go from his first bullpen to being ready to pitch, you know, competitively in you know, the end of March, early April, but you know, let's see how it goes. I think that he feels really good about it. And I think that he's felt good about the way his arms responded to each throwing program and kind of getting off the mound and adding intensity. So, you know, each step he's been in a good spot. So hopefully we can continue that because he obviously huge part of our bullpen and just picked us up in so many different ways, whether it was length, whether it was leverage, whether it was saving a game coming in and, you know, emergency situations. So, you know, obviously the flexibility is, is huge when you're talking about the different roles that we're looking at in the bullpen. Um, how annoying is it when you got to go to a role as Chapman? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Tommy Canely, <laughs> how familiar are you with Tommy Canely? Yankees fans are familiar and, you know, we're excited for the reunion. He brings a lot of energy and, uh, I didn't get to see him too much out there in LA, but uh, I'm excited to see what he looks like coming up this year. Yeah, so I got a chance in 2020 to meet Tommy in spring training and then through the COVID process. And really, he got hurt in that first outing with us in Washington. But uh, I think once you meet Tommy, you're pretty well aware of who Tommy is. So I think there's not a lot to unpack there, which is nice. Uh, but we've had some good conversations. We were really excited to get him back in the mix. I think he's you know cut out for New York. Obviously, he loves the environment. I think he knows what the expectations are and can handle it. Um, and I like true to the other guys, like he can pitch in a lot of different roles. He can, can pitch in like a, a little bit of a length role in the middle innings. He can pitch you know, late in the game in the ninth inning, uh, kind of handle some of the, the reverse split uh, platoon matchups. So, you know, when we only have Wandy as a lefty, he can kind of handle some of those lefties like Ron can. So, you know, it gives us some flexibility out there and obviously a great character to bring back in the mix. 
Uh, Keith, I can speak from experience. You you always know where Tommy Kainley is. You don't have to ask if Tommy's around. Yeah. He's loud. You'll He's hear funny, him. man. Yeah, no is more, Tommy no here? You know, Tom, you know when Tommy's here. <laughs> hey, you mentioned Loisiger earlier, and I talked to you about a little bit, bit about this uh, at the end of last season, and – He's always looked to me like a guy who could graduate to a closer role. He's got that kind of stuff, right? But there's something kind of weird about his splits that tell you that the last couple of years, and it's not a small sample, but it's probably spread out. So I don't know how you measure that. He doesn't do well on back-to-back days. His numbers just look bad. And that's important if you're going to be a closer. He's obviously Mm -hmm. still valuable to you when he can go out there and throw two scoreless after a couple of days rest. But is there something that, whether it's is it physical that's maybe holding him back in those things? Is there something that where his stuff deteriorates a little bit on a back-to-back day that you are able to manage? What have you kind of noticed with him and, and how effective he can be for you this coming season? Yeah, I think sometimes it's challenging with guys like that where, you know, he use, gets used in linked roles and then he gets used in shorter leverage roles. And then the back-to-back, obviously, is something where how well do they respond? How well do they recover? That's something we want to work through a little bit. I haven't looked at it specifically in that way, um, but it's a good point to, you know, reference of if he's performing better on one day and then not as well on the follow-up. Like, obviously, there's a huge part of his success that's on the life of the sinker and the ability to just overpower guys. So there's a, probably a little something to that and not having the same amount of life the second day, but I don't think that's something we can't graduate beyond and make sure that he understands how to stay in his delivery and keep the, keep the life and keep the really the recovery process going from day to day. So I would think his role gets bigger and bigger each year. Obviously, you know, some of the guys that were in front of him have kind of graduated on or left the org. So I feel like he's going to be right in the mix. And I I feel like we got the best version of him down the stretch last year, having a really tough start in 2022. So I think he kind of got over the, the hurdle of, am I good enough to do this? What makes me successful and kind of graduated beyond that and can kind of, you know, step into 23 and know that he's going to be a huge piece for us. Last year, um, you know, we faced Corey Kluber like four times, maybe even five. Uh, I'm looking forward to this year's new schedule and getting to play different teams and, and playing all the teams. Uh, are you excited about that? We know you spent time in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, are you excited about, you know, going to some other stadiums, playing some different teams and having a little different strategy as far as how you approach the division the, the and, um, you know, even like the National League? As much as I like playing Toronto, Boston, you know, Tampa, you know, all our guys in Baltimore, even now it's like 19 times. It's nice to take some of those and put them in some other divisions and play some fresh faces. So, you know, just go in there and beat each other up a bunch of times. It's it, it loses his excitement a little bit as you get later in the year. I think that the playing other teams and rebalancing has been really uh, fruitful for us and the league in general. I think it'll have a lot of cool matchups you see more regularly. So, like I still haven't been to some of the parks in the league, so I'm excited to do that. So, so, so you're saying there's only a, a certain number of times you want to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. come up during the course of a season? Yeah, the amount of times we can limit those interactions, the better. <laughs> uh, I I got one more for you here, Matt. Before we uh, before we let you go, um, you're going to get to spring training. You guys have traded away a lot of depth the last couple of years. A lot of guys who are close to major leagues, and we've seen them come up with Chicago and Oakland, things like Texas. Um, who are some of the guys that are coming up here now that you know, in spring training, you're going to be of interest and you're going to see during the course of a season. Who's this year's Ron Marinaccio, who's going to come out maybe and be a, a very important weapon for you that we don't know about, that fans don't know about? Who are some of these guys? 
Yeah, well, the easy ones are the guys we put on the roster this year. Like Matt Crook was right in the mix for us down the stretch last year, potentially being added to the playoff roster. And we didn't quite get to the threshold of adding him. Just, you know, felt like maybe it wasn't quite fair to put him in that situation without having, you know, pitched a little bit in the regular season for us. But could be an interesting option for us either as a depth starter or in the pen. A really good left-handed sinker that kind of chews up left-handed bats. Um, Randy Vasquez is in the mix for us. He got added to the roster and Johnny Brito, those three guys in particular. So those would be the three that, you know, for sure are you're on the roster and can be an option. Um, so outside of that, there's some younger guys that you know are pushing their way up the, the ranks that aren't quite there yet, but uh, definitely interesting. And obviously Jimmy Cordero is one guy that was really coming on late last year and could be a nice right-handed option for us uh, has had some success in the major leagues of Chicago previously coming off the Tommy John rehab. So hopefully we get a chance to see some of these guys and, you know, they're going to help us along the way, just like, you know, Ron stepped up last year and, you know, maybe coming into the year, he was kind of an under the radar guy and really, you know, asserted himself and put him right in the mix. Okay. My last question is a question that Yankees fans need to stop asking, but I'll ask you who starts in left field on opening day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad those are decisions that Booney gets to make and I just focus on who can pitch. <laughs> yeah, you, you still have somebody there to catch the ball when it's hit there, though, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll go. Uh, obviously, I like guys that can hit, but if he can catch the ball in elite rate, we'll take those guys, too. Yeah, yeah kind of need those outs. Kind of need those. <laughs> yeah, you should have some seven this night. There's a lot at stake here. You can't have only seven guys out there. But, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Hixie and Cabrera do a nice job out there for us. So if that's where we end up, that's great. Fantastic. Matt, uh, spring training is coming up soon. Pitchers and catchers, uh, really not that far away. When do you head down and uh, when um, when did everything start ramping up for you and your staff? Yeah, I'll head down there first week of February, uh, kind of get there probably like a week ahead of report date and just kind of get lay of the land. And there'll be a lot of guys working out at the minor league complex. So I'll get a chance to see a lot of the minor leaguers first and kind of see what's going on there and get some familiarity. Um, Cause I feel like that's one thing that as we're growing, like the, the systematic uh, development and making sure guys can kind of seamlessly transition from minor leagues to major leagues is really important. So getting some time down there on the, you know, on the complex is really important. And then, uh, you know, we'll get ready to roll right around that uh, the 13th when the WBC guys show up and then the 15th when uh, we get the full camp or full pitcher catcher report. Well, it kind of seems like yesterday when we were asking you about your first ever mound visit and what that oh. was going to feel like. Uh, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, it's been a fun couple of years and uh, I think Yankee fans are happy with the results of the pitching staff the last few years and looking forward to more. Uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes here, running some of this down. And uh, I guess we're going to hear from you and talk to you again real soon with pitchers and catchers uh, yeah, on the horizon. Sure. Good luck this year. Thanks so much yeah, for being here. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for joining back. us, Matt. Uh, you are one guy that can step out on the field in Yankee Stadium and never get booed. So far, so far. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Not good. Yeah. Wait, come back. Make sure you're listening along the year. I'm going to catch yeah. Keith. You know, he's going to be yelling at you about something. So that's I'll, I'll make sure. That's right. It's all part of it. We know what we signed up for. Fantastic. <laughs> Matt, thanks again. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us.